0: Blue whales. In Genesis one verse twenty one, we read, "And God created great whales." The Hebrew word is tanaim, and means a sea monster. These great monsters of the deep would include a variety of sea creatures, including the whales, which are some of the largest creatures in the world. Take the blue whale, for example. It is as long as the longest dinosaur fossil uncovered but several times its mass. At 30 metres in length, it weighs close to 200 tonnes and its heart is huge. It's the largest heart in the animal's kingdom and weighs about 180 kilos, roughly the size of a bumper car. As a blue whale dives to feed, its giant heart may only beat twice per minute. Their arteries are so large that a toddler could easily crawl through them. A blue whale's tongue alone can weigh as much as some elephant's. In fact, the blue whale is the largest animal to have lived in the earth's history. Blue whale calves are born after a gestation period of 11 months and are born at 8 metres in length and weighing in at 4 tonnes. They drink 350 litres of rich milk a day and grow 2 or 3 centimetres a day. When they grow to maturity, they devour six to eight tonnes of food per day. Blue whales are among the planet's longest-lived animals. Like counting tree rings, scientists count layers of wax in their ears to determine a ballpark age. The oldest blue whale they've discovered was calculated to be around 100 years old, though the average life is thought to last around 80 to 90 years. Whales, dolphins, and porpoises are collectively called cetaceans, from the Latin word for whale. Like all mammals, cetaceans breathe air, but they have nostrils on the top of their heads called blowholes, because at the surface they blow moisture-laden air out of them. Blowholes are unusual, and not just because of their anatomical location. They are very unlike the nostrils of other animals. The blowhole of a cetacean is surrounded by thick, muscular lips that keep the hole tightly closed, except when the animal makes a deliberate effort to open it at the surface. Let us follow a whale as it dives and watch the way in which its physiology works. At the surface, the whale breathes in and out, rapidly taking up air, which is then distributed in various proportions around the body. As the animal begins its descent, the heart rate slows down, and the blood supply to all but the most vital organs is diminished, allowing the whale to devote the maximum quantity of oxygen to those parts of the body that are most active during a dive. The lungs collapse, minimising the pressure differential between the inside of the whale's body and the increasing weight of water outside. As the time passes, and the oxygen supply within the muscles is used up, the muscles switches to anaerobic respiration, which produces energy, Without the use of oxygen. Human muscles can do this too, but for rather short periods, a couple of minutes at most. This is because a byproduct of the energy conversion process in anaerobic respiration is something called lactic acid, which causes cramp, our muscles' way of telling us that we lack oxygen and need circulation restored. In ways that we do not understand, whale muscle can somehow tolerate high levels of lactic acid and can thus respire without oxygen for protracted periods, allowing the animal to remain underwater for sometimes extraordinary lengths of time. In the case of the sperm whale, it can be up to two hours. A dive to even a modest depth involves other problems that must be dealt with. One of these is a remarkable consequence of a whale's size. If even the tallest human beings submerge themselves vertically in the sea there is little difference in the pressure of the water between their head and their feet. Not so with a whale. Because water pressure increases by one atmosphere for every 10 metres of depth, a 30-metre blue whale diving straight down will have a difference of three atmospheres between the tip of its head and the trailing edge of its huge tail. What's more, this pressure will constantly change as the animal descends to greater depths. To appreciate what a problem this is for the whale's body, imagine a large balloon filled with water. If you create a pressure differential by squeezing the bottom part of the balloon, the water inevitably moves upwards. While this doesn't matter to a balloon, it can be a major problem for the blood of a whale, since forced movement of such vital fluids away from places where they are needed can be dangerous or even fatal how do whales deal with this unique difficulty? The answer lies in a remarkable system of valves within the whale's circulatory system. Known as the mirabile, or wonderful nets, these complex valve systems are unique in mammals and work to regulate the flow of blood, even under the intense and rapidly changing pressures of a dive. The circulation itself is, of course, driven by the vast heart, which beats very slowly. In a large whale, the heart rate is probably about seven or eight beats a minute and less during a dive. Pressure also brings other dangers. If a human scuba diver returns to the surface too rapidly from even 30 metres, he runs the risk of a dangerous condition known as the bends. Nitrogen, an inert gas that makes up most of the air we breathe, is put under pressure by the weight of water at depth. A rapid ascent has the effect of depressurizing the nitrogen in the blood, causing it to form bubbles. And the result is the bends. A good analogy is what happens when you pressurise the contents of a can of soda by shaking it up, then remove the top. The gas in the soda, in this case carbon dioxide, reacts to a sudden decrease in pressure by forming bubbles. When this happens to nitrogen in the blood, it can be fatal. How do whales avoid the bends? Scientists are not entirely sure. A diving whale takes with it only a few lungs full of air, and therefore the quantity of nitrogen in its blood is quite limited. By contrast, a human diver obtains a constantly fresh supply of air and therefore of nitrogen from his scuba tank. Worse, the air in the tank is already under pressure, which exacerbates the problem in the blood the relatively small quantity of unpressurized nitrogen in a diving whale's body is probably the main reason why it survives the blends. Bones cannot protect the lungs of an animal at such high pressures. So, cetacean lungs collapse during deep dives. To make this possible, their rib cages have many floating ribs that are not attached to the breastbone. Cetaceans also have diaphragms that are orientated nearly parallel to the spine rather than perpendicular to it as in humans. The large area of contact between lung and diaphragm incitations allows for the diaphragm to smoothly collapse the lung along the lungs shortest dimension, belly to back. But collapsing the lung introduces a different problem, how to quickly reinflate it at the surface. To ensure that works efficiently, tissues in their collapsed air sacs do not stick to each other. The lungs of deep diving mammals contain special surfactants with anti-adhesive properties which allow quick reinflation. How do they find food? The larger whales have an echolocation system, and the toothed whale's system is so sophisticated it can scan the internal structure of living things, as similarly as an ultrasound. Baby whales are born tail-first, unlike most other mammals, into the water, probably so that they do not drown during birth, and then swim up to the surface to take their first gasp of air the mother's milk is pumped into the baby rather than the baby having to suck it from the mother. Blue whales grow to 19 tonnes at 11 months before they are weaned from their diet of 450 litres, 100 gallons, of milk per day. That's a lot of milk. And the milk is very different in composition from the milk of land mammals. It has twice as much protein, half as much sugar, and eight to ten times as much fat as cow's milk. The sound emitted by the blue whale, around 190 decibels, uh, for reference, jet engines only reach 140 decibels, is significant, though not loud in the sense of human perception. Its low frequencies can travel underwater for many hundreds of kilometres. Surprisingly, it makes only the second loudest sound in the animal kingdom, although it is the loudest sustained sound. The record belongs to the diminutive Pistol Shrimp at over 200 decibels. Whales and dolphins make clicking and whistling sounds, which give information about their surroundings by returning echoes. To do this, they need special structures for making and focusing the sounds, plus they need special oil-filled sinuses in the lower jaw, which pass the echo to the inner ear. The timing of the echo gives the animal the distance, and the difference between the echoes received by the different sides of the head allows the animal to tell the direction. Evolutionists have determined from the fossil record that land mammals existed before cetaceans. Hence, they have been searching for the appropriate land ancestor of the whale, which took to the sea and lost its legs. But this evolutionary path is fraught with problems. Here is a list of the changes that would have had to occur, drawn from Brother Alan Hayward's book, Creation and Evolution. The facts and fallacies. The body of a land animal ends in a pelvis, which supports a relatively flimsy tail. This always moves from side to side and is used mainly as a fly swish. A whale has no pelvis; instead, it has an entirely different bony structure that supports a large, flat tail, which moves up and down so that it can be used for propulsion in the water. Number two. So that it can keep cool in the hot sunshine, a land mammal has a skin full of sweat glands. The whale does not need these, but instead his skin is lined with a thick layer of blubber, fat, to keep him warm in cold water. Moreover, his skin has a strangely fashioned outer surface, which helps to streamline the flow of water. 3. An eye that is used for seeing underwater has to be built quite differently from the one that is used for seeing in air. That, of course, is why underwater swimmers have to wear goggles or face masks. Needless to say, the whale has an underwater eye. Land animals communicate by airborne noise conveyed between their vocal systems and their ears. Whales, on the other hand, have an underwater system of communication that is entirely different, being closely similar to the sonar system of submarine detection used in the Navy. Number five. It will be difficult for a land mammal to feed underwater without drowning itself, but whales are so constructed that they can do this easily. Many of them eat very small fish, which they catch in a kind of sieve of a whalebone in their mouth, a device which is perfectly suited for its purpose. Number six. A land mammal giving birth in the water would immediately drown its infant, and there is no way in which it could suckle its young at sea. But whales have no problems because they are built to an entirely different plan, which enables them to bear and nurse their offspring in deep water. A land mammal that was in the process of becoming a whale would fall between two stools. It would not be fitted for life on land or at sea and would have no hope of survival. And to make the difficulty even worse, the fossil evidence shows that all these incredible changes had to happen within a time span of 5 to 10 million years, just a fraction of the 1% of the time that life is supposed to have been on the earth it is not surprising that zoology textbooks carefully avoid discussing the evolution of the whale in any detail. Specialized valves, lungs, blowholes, milk, floating ribs, and echo-sounding abilities all point to design and intelligence. They all contribute to testify to the truth of Genesis 1 verse 21 that God alone could have created such a wonderful creature.